0: That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: Hey, I'm Rachel Barbeau. He is Josh Booty, and this is the inaugural edition of Booty and Barbeau on Believe Podcast Network, one of the fastest growing and greatest podcast network out there. Hello, my friend. How are you?
2: I'm doing wonderful. We, I'm pretty excited to be on this show and doing this show with you, of course, and being a part of Believe and what they're a part of. And, of course, LSU football and the SEC and the national landscape, we're going to bring the heat this year from down south.
1: Uh, yeah, we are. We absolutely are. And so the, for those that maybe have stumbled across uh, this podcast and they say, okay, well, you know, I I, uh, I I, may not be a fan of LSU or maybe I'm a rabid fan of LSU. What are you guys going to do? What makes you different? One, what makes us different is you've got a former LSU quarterback, a former NFL quarterback, a professional baseball player, and myself, I'm a national sportscaster and a Heisman voter and host the CFP. and. Uh, You and I are no stranger to LSU in different ways, Josh. And we bring that collective experience to this podcast and we, and, and and we never, it's never boring when we get together. That's for sure.
2: It isn't. And you've covered, you know, football at the highest level nationally, especially, uh, you know, at the college ranks and of course the SEC and you live in SEC country as well and in the South and. You've been a part of so many, you know, great interviews over the years with with successful coaches and players that have gone on to do just some amazing things inside the conference. And you know, it's it's fun to be a part of something with you, and then also talk LSU football. I think the theme of this year uh, for LSU is its offense, and can it kind of graduate uh, with this new spread attack? And so we're going to really dive into, uh, you know, the quarterback play, of course, with Joe Burrow, and. And, uh, you know, the rest of the conference as well as they tee off against the, uh, an extremely tough schedule. And it starts this week at Texas. But I think we're going to dive in. And that's what makes us different. We dive in a little deeper than anybody else does. And, of course, we have wonderful guests on when we do have guests. And uh, it, it always seems to, to uh, you know, to be an amazing show every time we do something together. So it's, it's fun. I can't wait for this uh, season to kind of unfold.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the thing we want to set the stage and let people know is, hey, listen, we are absolutely uh, going to be talking LSU football, but we're going to be talking the national landscape. I mean, you don't think that I'm going to let Hugh Freeze coaching from a medical bed get past you, Josh Booty? I mean, uh, that, I
2: thought – you, you cover everything. The odd stuff as well. <laughs> that's what makes it fun. And, uh, you know, LSU, of course uh, – so many, so many storylines inside yep. when you, when you cover LSU or you cover Alabama or you co- cover Georgia as, as people do all over the country, you end up covering the, the conference and the national landscape because they're right in the middle of it at the top, trying to yep. fight for a national championship. So that's pretty much the, the fun part. I think of covering some of these big time SEC football programs.
1: Okay, so uh, let's listen. You talked about the perspective. You're always going to come at it from a from a former quarterback and from an analyst perspective. And there's a part of me, Josh, um, that is coming at it from an analyst perspective, being the first female host on Sirius XM collegiate channels. But there's also this part of me um, that's coming at it from. The human aspect, and that is because LSU is one of my changing the narrative teams. And yes. uh, if, if for those people that don't know, the very short elevator pitch is its purpose, passion, platform, how to be a king every day of your life, mm-hmm. mental health, how to look in the mirror and be proud of the person that's staring back at you and LSU has had me back either two or three times now. They have a they have a long term commitment to me. Mm-hmm. And the last time I was there, this February, all the coaches left the room and they let me and the guys talk about <laughs> dating and love and like and and in uh, some of the uh, the higher ups there. So I've never seen anything like it. And so we the neatest thing about us in uh, football and this team and the rest of the country. Is yes, we're going to come out of from an X's and O's and storylines and all of those things, but there's also that human element mm-hmm. that I think sometimes as fans we forget that that's somebody's nephew, somebody's son, somebody's grandson. Hell, Josh, you you <laughs> were once in there and yeah. you, you you heard it, you heard the good, the bad, the happy, the sad. Yeah,
2: and when you're in the middle of it, I mean, and, and you know, I've had brothers play as well, and I'm telling you when when i was playing it was nerve-wracking but when my my family members were out there my little brothers were playing you know at lsu and at usc respectively i'm telling you i was more nervous for them you know because i wanted them to play so well and, I, and of course was so proud that they were in the some of those big games and big moments but you're right there's a human element to this thing and i think that's what we can you know you're you're what you're doing on the college level is fantastic for these kids. There's a recipe for success on the field. There's also a recipe yep. for success off the field. And it's so, if you can become a well-rounded human being and you can take care of your business and you can be balanced, and if you're an athlete at the highest level and you can do that, you give yourself a chance, a real chance in life to be a superstar, maybe, at the, maybe in the NFL or maybe you don't have the athletic ability to reach the NFL, but you can be a superstar in the business world. You can be a superstar family, uh, family guy. You can also, you know, be a superstar friend, and I think that's what this life is really all about. When you get away from the football game after it's all over, uh, you know, you got an off season, and uh, you got your family, and so, so it's it's very important what you're doing to uh, to really help these kids graduate in their mind, their, their, their mental level or their mental state is, you know, that's the, that's the most formidable years I think is a, is college year. Yep. The first, first few years they're away from home and they're going for the gold. And that's why you're there to do some of that stuff.
1: All right. So let's dive right in and let's start last year because I have to ask you this, Josh, because I I talked to coach O about this at sec media mm-hmm. days and I asked him flat out, and, and I feel like I, I I am the person to be able to ask him and get a real answer out of him because he knows it's not combative for me. But I said, Coach, last year you were the guy that uh, that that outside pundits, a national pundit, said, you know, he's going to be the first to be fired. Oh, this team's going to be terrible. But I said, it seems like to me that you guys use that a- as major motivation to prove everybody wrong. And, you know, he basically said paraphrasing that that he'd be lying if he didn't if he didn't say that he used it as internal motivation. They heard it, Josh. They heard the people questioning their coach, questioning this team, questioning this program. And they damn sure used it as motivation. You
2: know, Orgeron's the kind of guy he's tough as nails. And you can tell he's come out of the backside of that. I mean, he was on the hot seat, Rach, last year before the season. Mm-hmm. We didn't know he was kind of in a Clay Helton type situation that Clay's in this year at USC. They're the unknown. You know, what what we, what could he do with the program? Was he really a Uh, was he really a head coach? You know, could he handle everything that came along with being a head coach? We knew he was a great D-line coach. We knew he was a motivator, a recruiter, but could he really take take LSU to the next level? And what I think he did is he worked hard. He buried his head, which he does so well. And he didn't let the outsiders, you know, affect his day-to-day. There's a lot of coaches that let media and outsiders affect their day-to-day and they get lost in Mm. it. And then the next thing you know, it, Bad things happen, and they get they get weeded out as fast as they you know got weeded in, and so you know I think that's a, a real testament to Orgeron and the and how bullheaded he is and how much of a stud he really is and how big of a football guy he is that he can put all that outside noise and throw it off and say you know what internally we're going to recruit better we're going to we're going to you know play. Play better football, and we're gonna we're gonna get through this by God, and we're gonna take the bulls by the horns. And sometimes you've got to take mm-hmm. the bull by the horns, and that's what he did. And now you know he's looking at uh, you know number six ranking this year. Came off a ten win season yep. last year. There's some really good things happening, and this is a monumental week for him uh, against Texas, uh, against another top ten team that's kind of on the rise as well with a with a you know a young head coach that's ready to prove he's a bad boy.
1: Listen, this is where I have to ask you, and I think this is why this duo, other than working together for a really long time on different projects, why it works, Josh, is because I'm not an LSU fan. I I know the team. I know the players. I'm fans of them. I'm a fan of the program in the sense from a professional standpoint, but I'm not a fan, tried and true, like you mm-hmm. are. I, the thing that seems, from the outsider's perspective, to have changed this year is real changes with the <laughs> offense.
2: Right. Real changes. <laughs> I think the fans are jacked up a lot, like your, you know, the sound of your tone. I mean, it's it, it, it's amazing to see. LSU try to change its culture and go to a spread attack. When you when you talk LSU, what do you think of? You think of physical, big, strong eye yep. backfield, maybe some play action stuff, but you know, not a team that spreads it out, gets the ball to a lot of receivers. We got the ball to 14 guys in game one this week. We've never done that in the history of LSU. And to think that you know, we, we have that th- kind of thing going. Of course, we bro- brought in, you mentioned off air before we started, Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator yeah. uh, that was with the Saints and Sean Payton, the young man who's actually added a, a dimension, I think, to the offense and what they're doing, uh, you know, with Ensminger Inns- calling the plays. I think it's a just a good combination with the athletes that we have. And you've seen, you've seen it up close and personal. we got athletes.
1: You absolutely have athletes. Uh, listen, it's easy, and maybe I'm wrong here, uh, but you know, uh, there were a lot of other teams that that people made snap judgments on, that made uh, early, you know, uh, assessments on, right? And we do this at the beginning of the season. We do the overreaction and we do the knee jerk reaction. But for whatever reason, people are you know hitting the pause button on LSU. But my gosh. Josh, that performance that they had against the Georgia Southern and and you talk about all the guys that touched the ball, what Joe Burrow did, holding Georgia Southern under 100 yards of mm-hmm. offense. I mean. For me, I don't know where there is a ton of bad. Obviously, their opponent is not an SEC opponent, but I don't know where you nitpick too much on this game. Where do you? Yeah, nitpick? you know, they
2: they started out fast. They spread the ball around. Burrow, of course, the second year starter now. He's a fifth year senior, a guy that. Of course, was coached and trained under Urban Meyer at Ohio State, and was a big time recruit. Came down to LSU last year, won the job two weeks before the season, and 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 they kind of stuck to their guns. They didn't they didn't do a ton last year offensively, and I think you know he is happy in the gun. He's happy running the ball if he needs to, but he loves getting it out of his hand. He's a thrower, and I think uh, you know it's just the 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 off the offense can evolve now when in the last three or four years we hadn't had that guy at at quarterback with the experience, with the with the wherewithal to be able to do it. And Ensminger didn't trust his quarterback to kind of open it up. Now they uh, they see that you know what we've lost Alabama six seven eight times in a row. We can't we can't continue. The last three games against Alabama, which is the biggest game for us every year. Rachel, you're in all those games, and I'm mm-hmm. there with you. Uh, we scored ten points in the last three ball games combined against the Crimson Tide, and you have to score mm-hmm. points to beat Bama. You cannot get to the SEC championship and get out of the West. Unless we beat Bama, so we have to score points. I think we're just, you know, we're a little late to the party because we've had some rough years, but now we're kind of get. It looks like we're 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 willing to open up the offense, and and Orgeron knows that's you know that's the only way that LSU is going to get to where it needs to get to is to open up that thing.
1: Okay, so what visible changes did you see Brady bring in? Yeah. I mean, is he and and what what's the role, by the way, for those who are listening? What's the role that he plays to Ensminger? Is he like his sidekick? Is he his Robin to his Batman? Yeah. Like how? Yeah, do well, I, he's an offensive
2: assistant. He? He's another set of eyes. He okay. he 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 can. You know he can see things and then also bring things up during the course of a game and go. You know what this would be good. This is what they're doing defensively. He can sit up there and and, and chat with him. Uh, of course, in practice sessions and film sessions, there are, you know they can begin to build their offense with some tweaks. You know I, what I saw is that we threw we threw passes to the running back. We we never throw passes. We're, we're <laughs> like the New England Patriots a little bit, and it's like. I'm so blown away at, you know, that we got the running backs, the ball out of the backfield on pass catches, on pound catches. And it's like we've never done LSU's never done that. Maybe one time a a blue moon. And, I mean, we had five running backs play. and and In the first quarter. In the first quarter, Josh Booty. five Five different running backs and just moving them in and out and, course, uh, like you mentioned, 14 LSU players caught passes. That's, it's got to be a record. I've just, so I'm happy that at least they're, they were willing this offseason to bring in Joe Brady to open it up, and now we've got to – it won't happen overnight, but we've got to get better each and every week, and here comes Texas this week. Of course, a, a big-time football program on the road where, uh, you know, uh, road uh, noise is is very difficult to overcome sometimes if unless you unless you really got some uh, good experience, and I think we've got good experience at quarterback, and that will help us get through this.
1: Listen, one more note about the uh, the game this past weekend. Uh, I, I saw a good, bad, and ugly argument. And the the bad argument uh, was the fact that they couldn't find who was the number two, uh, the number two yeah. running back. I'm like, if that's your bad, believe me, Tennessee and FSU would love to have that bad. <laughs> they'd love, they, they, oh, they love yeah. it. Oh, they'd love it. They'd love to have that yeah. problem, and that's and, and a good. You know, thing. I think
2: we we do have a lot of capable backs. We've got a freshman running back, John Emery, who is impressed since he showed up, and he was. The nation's one or two running back recruited last year out of Destrehan, New Orleans area, and he's a special player. Right? He really is, and he's going to be a big time player for LSU in the future. And they're they're kind of waiting to see how he, you know, can he can he play at this level right now? Is he a little too, you know, is he young enough to give him a, a lot of care? You know, is he too young to give him a lot of carries, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, things that he has to to learn? And I think, but I, I think he's going to be by the end of the year, he's going to be the guy that's the feature back. I really do, and it's going to take him a few games to uh, to really, you know, to, to understand all the little nuances of being a real running back in the SEC, and that's blitz protections, it's, you know, pass protections and, and what your assignments are, not only when you get the ball or that you get the handoff, but in the pass game, can you protect, you know, can you protect your own, can you get out and make plays in the flat and, and do some of the fun things that running backs can do when they're, you know, multidimensional.
1: Okay, so as it goes in regards to the Texas game on the road, what what did I see the spread? It was like uh, six yeah, points, something LSU like that. It's
2: is four and a half right now. Uh, I looked at it earlier today because got a lot of got a lot of buddies talking. I mean, <laughs> I got a lot of buddies from Texas yeah. and LSU. we we're, we're hosting an event, a former player party, and everybody's pretty geeked up about this game. And I, Austin's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be awesome this weekend. I can't wait to, to be down there. can't wait to hang out. And, and of course, you'll be there at the event with us. But this game is so big for both of these teams, because if you win this, it kind of propels you to that middle part of the season, uh, you know, with a lot of confidence and and, and you're, you're going to be riding a high. If you lose this game, it's going to be tough to lose another one and think that you could ever make the playoff. So your back will be against the wall. So this is a pivotal game for both teams.
1: All right, let's take a quick break really quickly. We'll come right back. And Josh, I want you to tell our audience about My Bookie because uh, this is you, you talk about you and your friends. Y'all teach me about betting. <laughs> you know, it's legal yep, now yep. in a lot of states, <laughs> including my own in Tennessee. And so I want you to tell everybody about My Bookie Sounds after this break. Good. We'll be right back.
2: My name is Josh Booty, and I wanted to thank our sponsor, MyBookie.ag. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course, you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little or win a lot, try Parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL or college football season is the best time of the year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LSUF to activate the offer. That's right, promo code LSUF. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. That
1: is my bookie, one of our awesome sponsors, and he is Josh Booty. All right, Josh, how does uh, the line affect? this game for all of our betters out there.
2: Yeah. You know, LSU on the road, of course, there's going to be some, some, some crowd noise and that's going to affect what LSU can do They'll, You know, as a, as an offense and, and what LSU's trying to do is become a, a really good offense. They're going to have to do some things that they didn't have to do last week against Georgia Southern. And I tell you what, Texas jumped all over Louisiana tech at home. They they won forty five to fourteen, but they really cruised. It was twenty four to nothing at half. Sam Ellinger, who's I think is a top five quarterback in in all of college football, Texas uh, returning quarterback, uh, was 28-38, uh, 276 yards and four touchdowns. He also carries the football eight or ten times a game. He'll do it like Tebow used to do it. He'll move the chains. He's hard, especially in the red zone. Uh, he scores a lot of touchdowns with his feet. Uh, drill, just really a tough guy to uh, to bring down as well at, at 6'3", 235. So I think he's going to present a lot of problems for LSU. But LSU's got eight returning his eight returners on defense and Texas Mm -hmm. has three returning starters on defense. And I think it's going to be one of those, one of those, you know, no turnovers, physical, uh, for LSU, they're going to have to spread the ball around a little bit, but I think LSU's got enough firepower with Burrow returning that they'll they'll score some points and hold Texas down a little bit. I think it'll be a thirty, you know, thirty to twenty one LSU win just because of the amount of athletes that LSU has. And, but it's not going to be easy. Ellinger and company could do some amazing things, but I love our defensive coordinator Dave Aranda at LSU, and I think he'll dial up some good things with a lot of veteran players and some speed off the edge with Chase on and our defensive back group that's that's awesome so I, I just think we might have too many players for them
1: you know i think we've talked about dave aranda over the years as one of the best young defensive coordinators in the country and man he's he's had to lsu's had to fend off mm-hmm. uh many many overtures for him and and give him the money uh and let him get paid yeah. down the stretch to keep him there but it's something that i think two things to watch uh, is one, the running backs, they're incredibly thin at running back for for Texas. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the starters on the defense for Texas versus the now spread out space, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Brady, Insminger, Burrow, running backs, wide receivers. I mean, it's just, it's it's clicking right now on offense. And I worry about the depth for Texas, yeah. if you're a Texas fan. I worry about the depth on the defensive side of the ball, uh, being able, as you mentioned, to keep up with these athletes.
2: I agree. I think, you know, we play a physical style and now we're bringing that new tempo driven offense to the table. And when you when you pack those two together, you get a team like we saw last year with, you know, Clemson and Alabama and Georgia. I mean, you we, we've just got so many Athletes that if you can get them open in space, and that's what we're trying to do this year, and change up the culture mm-hmm. at LSU, then you know there's going to be a lot of short throws or, or small plays that turn into big plays because we got big play capability players all over the place. And that's LSU. That's what LSU hadn't done in the past. So I think that's really the key to this season. And that's the key to this game is let's turn the small plays, the easy throws for Burrows, into big plays. He'll get the ball into their hands, the right, per, the right people's hands. Uh, they can take it the distance. And I think that's, uh, that's a real difference maker for us at LSU. And, and uh, like you said, there's both every, you know, Every phase matters in a game like this, especially on the road for LSU. But you know, both teams have great offensive coordinators. Both teams have great defensive coordinators. But it's going to be the it's going to be the guys on the field that win the ball game. And I just think we have we have too many good players and too much speed and too many guys coming back on defense.
1: And Josh, they're no stranger to, again, winning the big game at the beginning of the season to set them up for success down the road. And no Mm -hmm. disrespect whatsoever to Alabama, but I certainly saw some deficiencies there. I saw things that can be capitalized on. They've got losing their quarterback of their defense. You talk about the matchup of all matchups down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, And being thin at the beginning of the game uh, against Duke at running back, certainly uh, you had guys come back in there. But, I mean, they're... For me, the SEC and what I've seen very early on uh, is that LSU has a real chance to make a statement for the second year in a row in the SEC and on the national landscape.
2: Yeah, you know, Alabama losing two linebackers before the season starts really hurts them. And, of course, losing Trey Sanders, their backup tailback to Najee Harris— uh, it hurts them as well. He was a he was a top, top, top recruit out of IMG. And, you know, when you lose players of that magnitude and you take two or three guys off your ball club uh, you know, right before the season due to injury, man, it can affect and, and there's there're not a lot of teams. I mean, Alabama is as loaded as anybody can get in there like that every year. So it's not kind of next man step up, you know, uh, scenario. But but at the same time when you lose Dylan Moses, uh when you lose guys like Trey Sanders it's going to make an impact so you know i think LSU is is closing the bar a little bit i mean they the bar is high for these tigers this year i'm telling you it's high and 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 when you have an experienced guy quarterback and 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 uh, you know a, a receiving group that i think is maybe the second best in the country. I mean maybe Alabama's is is better but uh and they put up a bunch of points. I mean we could see one of those epic battle matchups down down the road. You know, there's some other great teams in the SEC, but everybody's gunning for Alabama.
1: All right, before we finish up this inaugural uh <laughs> episode that we have here on Believe Podcast Network, you can go to uh Uh, To the website there and check us out. Subscribe. You want to, uh, we definitely want you to tell your friends about this podcast. Check out all the other amazing podcasts they have as uh, well.com and it's B-L-E-A-V dot com. It's B-L-E-A-V dot com, the number one podcast network for professionals and we are so glad to be a part of that. So you want to share it? It's coming out every single Wednesday. Why Wednesday? Because listen, you're going to get this voice and that voice on Monday and Tuesday. We like to be right there in the middle where we get to talk about the week before and the week ahead, right? And we get to tell you stories and make you laugh and make you think and make you feel and and probably sometimes want to beat your computer or your phone where you're listening from the podcast from. But uh we'll we'll do that right along with you. But every Wednesday this is going to drop because we like to be different and be right in the middle of the week. Before we go, Josh, a couple of just there's so much, so much to talk about and we'll save that for next week. But I do have to say a couple of things. I giggled about Hugh Freeze. Uh, He actually texted me, believe it or not, on on Sunday morning and said, because I I tweeted, and this is no disrespect to Hugh, but I tweeted, and I I go back with Hugh, I actually wrote the article. Uh, He allowed me, he and his wife, to write the article about what happened in his life and his career. I was the first one to write it. And I tweeted, I said, I I thought I'd seen everything. And he said, what did you mean by that? And I said, coach, I didn't mean anything by it other than I thought I'd seen everything in football, but you were coaching from a hospital bed in a press box. I said, that's what I meant by it. I didn't mean anything bad by it, coach.
2: Yeah. You know, he's a, he's an awesome guy. And my family got to know him a little bit this off season. And my little nephew, he offered my nephew a scholarship. And and, and i i've always liked the guy because he's, he's yep. such an offensive mind and you know he's every, everywhere he's been he's been successful you know turning programs offensively into juggernauts and so it was fun to see a guy like that it's a that's a mike leach type of thing thing you know it's a howl mummy type thing he's like hey, you yep. know what I did? i'm back coaching i want to coach i want to call plays i want to be a part of it and uh you know with with today's technology and modern technology you could get away with doing that I, I thought it was awesome another another thing I, th- I thought i'd seen it all too is you know is Tennessee losing oh, to Georgia oh, oh, oh. State? I never thought that would happen in a million years, and now they got to go and play BYU this this week. I'd hate to see them go zero and two to start the year, but we've always we've talked about Tennessee the last five or ten years doing radio mm-hmm. programs, and it seems like they have just haven't been able to get over the hump. And and after last week, man, that that is uh, yeah that that's a bad deal.
1: It's a uh, very bad deal. And I will uh I will leave it at that. Uh last thing for me, uh to end this sucker on a positive note is I could not be more happy to see Jalen Hurts flourish <laughs> yes. in Lincoln Riley's system. and yep. In uh in, in what he does up there. Uh, there were a lot of jokes on the internet about, oh, wow, you know, if only he had been coached like this at Alabama. Listen, I, I, I think you know this by now, and I'm even more so like this. I'll make jokes. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I'm not really about looking backwards. I just want to say where he's at right now is exactly where he landed. And not only that, mm-hmm. but the defensive improvement that I've seen. Now, again, long season, snap judgment. First podcast, maybe an overreaction, but there was improvement on the defense. And Jalen Hurts looks really comfortable, really good. And you can't help but be happy for a kid like that who's classy yep. and full of character and did it right. Right.
2: You know, we've all, we've watched this story so close and, you know, he's, he's, he's gone back and forth and of course lost his job and won it again and was SEC player of the year and was an unbelievable freshman and what a talent and what a stud guy. And people say you can't throw, he can't throw the football. He's a runner. He should be playing different position, you know, like you, know, you can, you know, Tebow comparisons where you, he can't throw the football at that level. And then he comes out in that offense and Lincoln Riley, who I think is one of the hottest commodities in all of football right now. He is the next offensive just superstar. And he could be in the NFL kind of like McVay in, in a several years and probably will be. But Lincoln Riley's doing it all for these guys at Oklahoma. That'd be a fun offense to play in if if I was a quarterback and I could do it all over again. how could you not want to go play for, for that <laughs> offense and for Lincoln Riley and what they're doing. But Jalen Hurts is he, you know, he 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 has he's gone back and forth and he's had he's a lot of blood you know, sweat and tears, and, buddy, he is he is in the right place, like you said, and I'm happy for him because they're going to have an unbelievable season if he stays healthy because if they can tie on some defense and to, to what they're doing offensively, then they're going to be mm-hmm. one of the teams that, that we're talking about at the end of the year in the playoffs.
1: And, man, we'll save this for next week, but my, 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 if they actually have a defense, what it would do to the Big 12.
2: <laughs> yeah, it would change the – I'm kidding. I mean, that was – you know, The top 12 and the Big 12, I mean, they're, they're so similar in the way they play defense. It's, it's so offensive, and they – they had their best players are on offense. And so one of these teams is going to step up, start playing some defense and you're going to see the league change a little bit. It's just when, when is that going to happen? But uh, you know, Oklahoma's got the athletes to do it uh, and they could, they could do it very easily.
1: All right, Josh, tell everybody where you'd like for them to follow you. I'll give everybody the information on, uh, on our podcast as well, but where, where can everybody follow you?
2: Yeah. On social media, on all social media at Josh booty 10 and, Um, You know, of course, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that. And, you know, I I do radio shows weekly uh, all over the place. (laughs) But this one is one that I really wanted to make well because, uh, you know, it's so much fun to do it with you. And of course, you've Mm -hmm. been in the SEC covering. Uh, these teams and coaches for years and years and years. Of course, we're always at SEC Fan Fair and Fan Fest yep. every year, and you do the national championship as well, and are a part of that, which is an awesome honor for you every year. And of course, you're a Heisman voter, so it's fun yep. to be with someone that is, uh, you know, is this well liked in the in the uh, football community. And of course, uh, we've done this for many years, so I'm, I'm excited about the future. And uh, uh, of course, believe podcast.
1: Absolutely. So, again, if you want to follow uh, Believe, you can be BLEAV podcast on Twitter. That's BLEAV podcast on Twitter. It is the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm talking about anything and everything sports wise uh, that and, and entertainment and all sorts of things. You just got to go on there and see everything uh, for yourself and Uh, For me, you can go to rachelbarbeau.com, B-A-R-I-B-E-A-U on any socials. And then the biggest thing of all, my baby, what I do, what Josh spoke so highly of outside of being a professional uh, sportscaster is changing the narrative. And you can go to IamChangingTheNarrative.org. That's IamChangingTheNarrative.org. You and I will be in Texas, Austin, Texas this weekend. (laughs) So we'll be coming back next week with lots of stories, my friends.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome weekend. I'm actually we're hosting an event uh, on Friday night. We've got uh, the Horn Network, uh, which is the official radio network of the Longhorns. There in Austin, uh, in the surrounding areas, they're doing a, a party with me and uh, partnered with Rays and Canes. Which is gonna be fun on Sixth Street at uh Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Ice House from five <laughs> o'clock I'm on which is a, is a lot to say, but, um yeah, from 5 o'clock on, and, of course, Rachel's going to be there, too, with all the players from both – you know, former players from both teams yep. start studded night, and we, we expect about, you know, 2,000 fans to come through there. Uh, so it's going to be fun to have uh, the general public there with a lot of former players uh, from both universities and talking about this matchup and what it means to uh, both teams. So it's going to be one heck of a fun time.
1: And we can't wait to see you there or next Wednesday when we uh, we drop our next podcast, our next episode. Make sure to tell a friend, hit share in social media. We so appreciate you. Have a wonderful night.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us
2: a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.